I'm Brian Hu. I'm Ada Singh. And welcome to Saturday School. When your friends are watching Saturday morning cartoons, you're being forced to learn Asian American pop culture history. Welcome to our second season of Saturday School. This season, we're talking about Asian Americans in love. Today's episode is the 1998 documentary, Kelly Loves Tony by Spencer Nakasako. I'm really excited that we're doing a Spencer Nakasako film. I mean, his films aren't really thought about as romance films. Uh, for those who don't know, Spencer Nakasako in the 1990s was really innovative when it came to filmmaking education and also documentary filmmaking. So what he did was he had this after-school program in the Bay Area where he had a lot of high school students, mostly uh, sort of at-risk Southeast Asian refugee teenagers, who would come into his classrooms and he would teach them how to make movies. So he would give them camcorders and he would teach them how to make something that he would call a diary film. That is, they are talking directly into the camera to narrate their day, to talk about what's going on in their lives. Sort of like a vlog before a vlog. And Spencer Nakasaka would take all of this footage and edit it together into a narrative. And that would come out as a documentary. And some of the most famous ones include AKA Don Bonus, which won an Emmy, and Refugee, which kind of took festivals by storm when it came out in the early 2000s. But the one we're focusing on, Kelly Loves Tony, is probably the lesser known or the least known of those three. It's about two teenagers in love. They're in the Bay Area. They're both from Laos. They're a Mian ethnicity. Kelly, she's the main narrator, and she talks about the fact that she wants to go to college. She's pregnant, and she's in love with Tony, who is kind of caught up in, he has his own legal problems. I knew that he used to be in a gang or whatever, and I felt kind of insecure about that. And he's at risk of deportation. And they're basically just narrating what it's like to be in this kind of predicament over the course of over a year. It's kind of your quintessential opposites attract story. Yeah. And, and it's really cute for that reason. When he talks like a gangster and she like pokes fun at the way he's trying to be all hard. And then he pokes fun at her being all smart and stuff. And I don't know, like we, we intellectualize that therefore they probably shouldn't be together. But... There's like magnetism there, and I think that's what you're talking about when you see opposites attract. When did you watch this movie for the first time? I didn't see it until Spencer Nakasako and the Vietnamese Youth Development Council put out a DVD that had Kelly Loves Tony, Refugee, and aka Don Bonus on it. And that was the one that I hadn't seen yet. But it's a lot smaller in ambition. And I remember thinking this is just as moving, if not more moving, than the other ones. I think because it's a romance, it hasn't gotten the credit that the other two have, which are more obviously about social political issues. And this is your first time watching it? I'm curious what you thought about it. I just watched it for school because <laughs> that's what teachers do sometimes. They learn something and pretend they know what they're talking about. No, I'm just kidding. That is actually what happens. It's fun looking back, knowing it's from the 90s, way before people were obsessed with selfies and documenting their lives in that way. She got pregnant when she was 17, but that means her kids are teenagers now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If their kids ever listen. Yeah. Like, why are they talking about parents this way? <laughs> I know. They actually narrate when he first meets her and he asks for her number and she's like, I don't know about this guy. And here in a movie, in a documentary, being told by them, filming themselves, I think adds an extra dimension to their cuteness in love that if this was shot by somebody else, like an outside filmmaker coming in, it wouldn't have that kind of pillow talkness of a conversation like that. 
She's also sort of looking at him like, why are you filming me? I'm getting camera shy. But he's like, no, no, no. I really liked you when I first met you. Did you really <laughs> like me? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's so sweet. And it's like, as a result, you see them in their vulnerability. And I think as the film goes along, they become a lot, not only stronger in who they are in terms of them as a couple, but also who they are as subjects of a movie. I feel like they also know when to grab the camera and they really start treating it like a diary. Both of them do. There's definitely certain aspects of their story that are very unique to them and their culture and their situation, but there's a lot of stuff that's pretty universal, I think. I'm just like all of a sudden experiencing all kind of stuff, you know? Being a wife, being a daughter-in-law. Very quickly, because they have a baby, their love story involves their families. I don't want to generalize, but I feel like, you know, if we're talking about Asian Americans in love, yeah, well, in this case, immigrant families. They make a point to talk about the fact that these are refugee families. Not all of them made it over to the United States. And you just get the sense that family bond is really important. And then part of the conflict between them as a couple is that she doesn't get along with his family because their culture is a little bit different. And there's like a masculinity thing involved as well. You're just watching her navigate all of this. And it seems pretty terrible. But then, like you said, something universal about it that we can kind of get behind. She really wants to make this work. Yeah, but I think this as a love story, it's definitely less of a fantasy, romantic comedy type story and more something where you're looking at the difficulties. And that doesn't necessarily lessen the love, but I feel like if you choose to deal with it, that says something about your love. Yeah. Because it's easy to be in love when everything's great. But like, what if things are not great? And I think just watching their video diaries is pretty inspiring in a way because they're so honest about it you know we're being led in to a romance that we don't normally get to see in other movies and I, I think it's not just the documentary aspect that makes us really get into their worlds it's also what spencer created with this video diary format there are scenes where they're documenting the two of them together but a lot of the film is them talking to the camera alone so they have these times when they become even more raw speaking to the camera and i don't know if they assume that the other person would ever hear what they're saying to the camera but as a result, they get to go real deep into like their own insecurities and their own doubts about their partner because they have these alone scenes that we don't normally get to see in other documentaries. When they get mad, they get real mad. Yeah. It's not like they waited for a director to come prep them for their anger. It's like, I'm mad right now. I'm going to go pick up the camera and talk to it. The way you do to a diary. That's how mad I am. I'm so mad that I don't care if anybody knows about this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is really realistic. <laughs> Kelly Loves Tony is reality television before reality television. Yeah, reality television before you thought you would get some fame out of it. Yeah, they definitely don't assume that in 2017, two people are going to be doing a podcast about them. And, and as a result, it's like, this, this feels like a really innocent movie. It belongs to an era that we just can't, we don't have this anymore. We're, like you said, like it's the selfie culture now. This predates that. As a viewer watching this, I want them together because we know that that's what both of them want. And it feeds them so much joy and a sense of partnership. But I also deeply recognize that Tony is probably not good for her. She's so ambitious. And Tony's clearly in the way of that. And the babies are clearly in the way of that. And she talks about regret. And those are the most heartbreaking scenes for me. And yet you know exactly why she persists. And it's heartbreaking for us to watch. But it's also like just the perfect way of summarizing what love can do to a couple. Yeah, there's this moment. His mentor is trying to get him to understand why the fact that she's not going to school is such a big deal for her. The mentor is trying to get him to understand like, you know, you're not somebody who takes academics really seriously you're not someone who has these dreams that 
you would need a university education for, but she is. And I think he even says something like, and stuff like that, it starts out small, but later it can become really big. And that's why sometimes it's hard for someone like you and someone like her to be together. That guy's such a great character, just thinking about this as a romance film. He's his mentor in life, but also in love. And I thought that scene was kind of charming for that. Charming, but also like, really sad because Tony's clearly not really getting it. In movies, it's really easy to root for couples because it's fiction and you're just like, yeah, they should live happily ever after, right? But I think in real life, sometimes you root for the relationship, but in the end, you're really just rooting for the people because, yeah, like, you know, you might have friends and they look adorable together and you like both of them, but if they're having problems, you don't necessarily root for their relationship if they're going to be unhappy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're looking at it decades later, right? So like, we don't know if they are going to end up together. But at the same time, you never doubt that the love was there. I mean, the title, Kelly Loves Tony, you, you never doubt that Kelly loves Tony. I like it's Kelly loves Tony and not like Tony loves Kelly. This is about her decision to love him in some ways. And what are the consequences of that? She knows what those consequences are. And nevertheless, Kelly's going to love Tony. And... We're not going to tell you what happens to them, but if you really want to know, you should check out this article written by Momo Chang at the CAM website, which stands for the Center of Asian American Media. She wrote an article in 2014 where she revisits them. Yeah, yeah. So this film is pretty difficult to find if you're trying to watch it online or buy the DVD. But we encourage you guys to try to look for it in your college libraries. Especially if you're at a university that has Asian American Studies classes. It's a pretty good chance they have this movie. And if not, you can request that they go buy it. Just pretend you're writing a paper on it. Support truly independent Asian American filmmaking. Saturday School is a proud member of Potluck a collective of podcasts that features stories and voices from the Asian American community. It's produced by me and Brian. Our logo is by Grace Tallis Lee. Our theme song is courtesy of Rinsky Music and Premium Beat. We have a Tiny Letter newsletter you can sign up for to get lecture notes. tinyletter.com slash Saturday School Podcast. Or you can tweet us. I'm at Ada Singh, A-D-A-T-S-E-N-G. Brian's at Who's Brian, H-U-S-B-R-I-A-N. And the podcast Twitter handle is Wake Up Sass School. Next week, your assignment is to watch The Namesake, directed by Mara Nair in 2006. Class dismissed.